This message comes from NPR sponsor Odoo. Is your old software making it impossible to keep up with demand? Then it's time to switch to Odoo. Odoo is a suite of business applications designed to streamline, automate, and simplify any company. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, inventory, manufacturing, sales, accounting, you name it, Odoo's got you covered. So stop wasting time, start getting stuff done with Odoo. For a free trial, go to odoo.com slash bullseye. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Time now for Cannonball. Cannonball is a chance for us to take classic albums, or albums that should be considered classics, and find out what makes them great. Joining us this week is Aaron Carnes. Aaron just wrote a book called In Defense of Ska. So, I think you can guess where this is going. Aaron's book champions not just the critically acclaimed punk-adjacent two-tone bands of the late 70s and 80s, or the pioneering Jamaican bands from the 60s, In Defense of Ska offers a full-throated defense of Ska's third wave. That means Real Big Fish, Operation Ivy, Fishbone. You get what I'm saying. When we asked Carnes if he wanted to elevate one Ska album into the canon of great pop records, he didn't go for any of that. He picked a band that unless you're currently wearing black and white vans, I'm willing to bet you've never heard of. That band is MU330. And the album is called Crab Rangoon. I'll let Aaron take it from here. You might expect me to pick a record from the two-tone catalog, like the Specials or the Selector, who put out amazing records. Or if I was to pick something from the 90s, maybe something more commonly known, like Real Big Fish, Turn the Radio Off, or Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Let's Face It. But in my opinion, the best ska stuff in the 90s, the stuff that has gotten the least amount of attention is the stuff that was not on the radio and was less popular. Because the music wasn't taken very seriously, no one's really taken the time to see these hundreds of great records that happened in the 90s. And of those records, I would put Crab Rangoon by Emory 330 at the top. (music) 90s ska is commonly referred to as third wave ska, and... I feel like ska in the 90s has been unfairly stereotyped as being one thing, and that thing tends to be silly, goofy music. And the bands that revived ska in the third wave were mostly kind of goofy kids from Orange County. Underground ska from 1980 to 1995 was extremely popular, was extremely healthy. You had several bands that were making a living off of being DIY bands that were putting out their own records. So when Scott became popular, major labels started signing bands. They were pulling these bands out of a healthy underground scene that had existed for a decade and a half, and then presenting it to the public as though it were, you know, the flavor of the month. And for the people that weren't in tune with the underground scene, they digested it that way. And then a couple years later, when the flavor was no no longer popular, people moved on, and a lot of people felt really embarrassed about this this trend that they perceived to be kind of silly 
kind of nerdy and kind of superficial. ME330 are a band from St. Louis, Missouri. They formed in the late 80s. For their first two albums, they went through several lineups. Uh, Dan Pothouse was not the singer in the first two albums, though he was the primary songwriter. ME330's Crab Rangoon album was a Scott Punk album that came out in 1997, which was the same year as a lot of the big mainstream Scott Punk albums came out. But not only do I feel like it's one of the best ska albums of the 90s, but I feel like it perfectly encapsulates the thesis of my book, and that ska is not only goofy music, that it has a whole array of qualities to it that go beyond people's stereotypes of it. Uh, this particular album was primarily a, heart a heartbreak album. This was written after the lead singer Dan Pod has had it ended a five-year relationship and was going through all the sort of conflicting emotions that one goes through in a really bad breakup. So the opening track on Crab Rangoon is Tune Me Out, which was the band's attempt at having a hit single. Um, they shot a music video for this. I think the budget was somewhere in the range of two to $3,000, which was way more than they'd ever <laughs> spent before or after. The song is about, it comments on how in a relationship when things are starting to go sour, you pick up on signals. Like in this case, it's couples not paying attention to each other and instead watching TV. That's kind of the crux of the song. Crab Rangoon is a combination of ska, a lot of like indie rock, a lot of different shades of alternative. Um, Weezer is a heavy influence on this record, which is pretty unusual. At the time, there was a couple bands maybe doing similar stuff, like um, The Impossibles out of Texas. They they were pretty Weezer influenced, but Weezer's Pinkerton is now considered a classic by most people. I mean, critics hated the album, but what happened was by, I want to say early 2000s, all these like new bands started name dropping it. They started saying Pinkerton. And so then critics started to revisit it, and then they're like, oh yeah, this is a classic album. Pinkerton is all about, you know, the lead singer of Weezer, going through breakup and sort of going through all of his different complicated emotions. So when Dan heard that album, when it came out, he was going through his breakup and it just hit him. That was at a time when nobody cared about Weezer's Pinkerton, but yet you had the ska band really being overtly influenced by it, lyrically and musically.
Fragile is a pretty straightforward song lyrically. Basically, all Dan is saying is that I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive like you. In, a, in one level, there's not really much to it than that. It's just like, I'm not a bad guy. I also feel pain too. But I, I could just see that being said in earnest in the middle of a fight. It's very easygoing. Yeah, it's got an easygoing vibe to it, but it's, um, it's a painful song. That's a lot of what I like about this album is that it's a painful album, but it it's a fun listen. It feels cathartic. You feel like singing along. I like to drive around and listen to these songs and, you know, it feels good to sing them, even if they're painful songs. You know, a lot of sad music doesn't feel good to sing along to. It makes you feel sad, but I don't really feel sad listening to this song. Understand, I think, is one of my favorite songs on Crab Rangoon. I want to start and talk a little bit about the horns on this particular song. It's true for the whole album, but you can really hear it on this song. ME330 on the first two albums had a standard ska horn section, which meant a combination of trumpets, trombone, saxophone, which kind of creates a uh, full sound. They lost their saxophone player and their trumpet player, and they were left with only their trombone player. But then uh, Skank and Pickle, a band that they loved and were friends with, their trombone player left the band. His name's Jerry Lundquist. He's an amazing guy. He's a great trombonist, and he's just the funniest guy to hang out with. And so they were like, well, we got to get Jerry in the band. And because we love Jerry, like, it doesn't matter what Jerry plays. If Jerry plays tuba, we want Jerry in the band. But it just so happened that Jerry played trombone, slide trombone, which is the same instrument that their one last standing horn player played. It creates this almost like effect where it's full, but it's like a little, a little dissonant in the sounds, especially when they play in unison. At first people might be a little like put off by it, but I think it creates this really unique sound where it doesn't have that brass marching band sound. It has this like weird, like flanger kind of sound to it. And I mean, I, I think of like when I talk to younger bands like um, Bad Operation or Cat Bite, even some of the bands that have been around a decade, like uh, Kill Lincoln or We Are The Union. I would say that MEV30, being a cult band in the 90s, has had a longer staying impact on a lot of the newer ska bands than even the more popular bands. The more popular bands probably got a lot of people into ska, like most people who are younger in the 90s got into ska through Mighty Mighty Boss Tones or Real Big Fish or Safe Ferris. But then it's sort of like, if you really like it a lot, then you start going deeper into it and you, you find out about bands like ME330 or Hepcat, Animal Chin, or Blue Meanies, you know. You, you learn about these bands, and I would say most of these bands were better bands, even though I do like the mainstream bands as well, and they had more interesting influences.
Neighbor is a great song about experiencing jealousy while you're in a relationship. I really like the I really like the music. It's got that kind of mid-tempo ska feel to it. The trombones have an interesting melody that accents the the vocal melody. Now is the final track on Crab Rangoon and it leaves you almost optimistically in a bittersweet kind of way. He's Dan Potas is talking about feeling you know, that he wants to feel positive, that he wants to stop whining. Now is a song that seems hopeful for a person who's in the middle of feeling terrible. You know, I'm gonna feel positive. Definitely the kind of things that people who are not feeling good say. <laughs> if you already felt that way, you wouldn't be saying it. So it's a good, uh, it's a good sing-along for sure, for people going through something, even if it's not a breakup. Crab Rangoon is an important album because it shows how interesting and eclectic ska music was in the 90s. I think, you know, a lot of people think of ska as one thing, as this sort of goofy, pop-punk-infused thing, but bands did all kinds of things with ska in the 90s. And so the best way to show people that ska is so much broader than they think it is, is to give them examples. And I think Crab Rangoon as a album that's about heartbreak, that's influenced by Weezer, that has a horn section of two trombones. This is a great way to show somebody, hey, everything you think about ska, that it's goofy music from the OC is not true. There was plenty of bands doing different things with it. And they existed at the same time as mainstream ska did. And of those records, I think ME330's Cranberry Magoon is one of the best. Aaron Carnes, on the album he submits to the canon of great pop records, MU-330's Crab Rangoon. Aaron's book, In Defense of Ska, is available now in paperback. You can grab it at your local bookstore or through the publisher, Clash Books. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Here at my house, my daughter has just informed me she's working on a new film. It's called Creepy Tales About Movie Studios, and it's based on the book by Grace Thorne. That's my daughter's name. We'll see how that comes out. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producer is Jesus Ambrosio. We get help from Casey O'Brien. Our production fellows at Maximum Fun are Richard Roby and Valerie Moffat. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks to them and to their label, Memphis Industries, for letting us use that. Watch out for The Go Team's new record just around the corner. You can keep up with Bullseye on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post all our interviews in those venues. I think that's about it. Just remember... All great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. 
Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. Legendary oceanographer Sylvia Earle has spent eight decades exploring underwater, and she has good news. Areas that are protected, you can see recovery. How We Save the Ocean, part two of our series on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we're the hosts of Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons-adjacent podcast where we talk to Simpsons folks about non-Simpsons things. That's right. So in the past, we've gotten to talk to legendary showrunners and writers like Al Jean, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Dana Gould, Mike Reese, and David X. Cohen. Voice actors like Maurice LaMarche, Maggie Roswell, and Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson! So we've been away (laughs) securing guests for our final five episodes, and we are super excited about them. We're going to talk to Mike Scully, Jeff and Samantha Martin, Jeff Westbrook. Guys, our final episode, we got to interview Matt Groening. We are so excited to share these final recordings. So check out our new episodes of Round Springfield starting June 21st. On Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. 